And now, on Prophetic Faith. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another week's broadcast here, Prophetic Faith. I'm Pastor Robbie Barrett. Tonight we're going into Volume 4 of Distractions. I know that if you've been tuning in for the last several weeks, you have been learning many things about distractions and how big of a deal they are in your life. That if you don't get rid of these things, if you don't root these things out, they can hinder and affect God's total plan for your life. Tonight we're going into the part of distractions dealing with the impossibilities. Did you know that you were designed and created by God to do the impossible? I know that for some people when they hear that they say, no, that's crazy. There's no way that that can... No, God created you. He enabled you to do the impossible. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, with God, with Him, all things are possible. But did you know that the enemy knows this as well? That's why he sends distractions your way to try to keep you from the impossible in your life. Tonight we're going to go into this teaching and you're going to learn something about how to avoid these things so that you can keep functioning as God created you to. I will see you at the end of the program. Now today, if you want to title this message, you can entitle it, Never Possible. Turn to your neighbor and say, Never Possible. Never Possible. Look at Daniel 11:32. Let's open up in prayer. Father, I just thank you so much for what you are doing in this ministry. There is no limits because we refuse to put limits on you. I thank you, Father, for everything that you're doing in our lives. And Lord, I thank you for the anointing that's in here today. Your presence is here. And my God, where your presence is, the impossible is now possible. I thank you for it. I praise you for it now in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Amen. It says, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that know their God... Let me say that one more time. But the people that know their God... How many knows their God in here this morning? What did he say? He said, They will do what? Exploits. Now you know that I had to look up the definition to get exactly what that means. Exploit means to do a bold and daring feat. Can I tell you something in here this morning that God wants His people. He says, when my people know who I am, who are called by my name, let me tell you what they're going to do. He said they're going to be bold and they're going to do the impossible even in the midst of the wicked. Come on, somebody. See, some of you are writing or waiting for the right situations to occur. But let me tell you the good news is that God doesn't need the perfect situations. 
How many would agree with me that when the Israelites had the sea in front of them and the Egyptians behind them, that was not a good scenario. But God said right in the middle of that scenario, He did exploits through His people. Amen? He did the impossible in an unconvenient or inconvenient situation. So let me say this. Look at Psalm 77, 14. This is the amplified version. It says, A law or principle... When is the plot? Hold on, I don't know what that is. All right. Psalm 77 14 talks about how God does the impossible. Now, how does he, now what's his desire? His desire is he wants to do the impossible through his people. Let me say it again. He wants to do the impossible through his people. So, the impossible to you, through you, and by you. So the question is this, how? Okay, so God wants to do the impossible, right? He wants to do the incredible in our lives. But how? How does He do it? Let's look right here. Matthew 17, 20. Now this is the Weymouth translation. I know I haven't used this before. This is the Weymouth New Testament translation. It's a very good translation. If, uh, it helps you understand more about the Word of God. Now look at this right here. It says, Because your faith is so small, he replied, for I solemnly declare unto you that if you have faith like a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, Remove from this place to that, and it will remove. And nothing, say that with me, and nothing shall be impossible to whom? To you. Alright, so I'm going to challenge you this morning because we're always declaring that God does the impossible, and He does. God's desire is to do the impossible. Do you, but do you know how He's going to do the impossible? He's going to do it through you. Somebody say, through me. <laughs> yeah, I don't care where you came from. I don't care what your last name is. I don't care what you're going through right now. I'm telling you that God wants to do the impossible through you. Get that in here today. Jesus said, now he didn't, now it'd be different if he'd have said, the reason why this mountain moved is because I'm Jesus, and when I say something, nothing's impossible for me. But that's not what he said. He said, if you have faith like this, come on, somebody. If you have faith and you speak to the mountain and you command it to move, he said it will remove. But then he goes further. He says, nothing will be impossible to you. All right, so how does God do this? By faith. Say that with me, by faith. I will never stop preaching faith. I will never stop teaching faith. Why? Because it's the only thing that's going to break and destroy the enemy's works in your life. It's the only thing that's going to bring you forth what you desire in God. And it is the only thing that's going to cause you to live a victorious life. The Bible declares that this is our victory, even our faith. Whoo, come on. How many can say, I've looked at other people's lives and I don't want to live that way? Come on. That's all right, right? That's, that's what Proverbs said. He said, I looked at the sluggard. I observed them. I observed their vineyards, how they were covered with thorns and thistles. And he said, I came to the conclusion, I don't want to be like that. Amen? So I know that many of you in here, you've come to the conclusion 
that you don't want to live a life of defeat. You don't want to live a life where the enemy is on your back instead of under your feet. So the only way to do that is by faith. It takes the limits off of you. Let me say it again. Faith takes the limits off of you. That's what Jesus said. He said, if you have faith, you will do the impossible. Now, okay. So if this is how we're going to do the impossible, which is by faith, right? We've already established that. Then watch this. Let me ask you a question. How, what's the enemy going to target with distractions? What's he going to target? He, he's going to send the right kind of distractions, watch this, to disrupt your faith. The key part of this message is I want you to get this right here. You ready? Distractions will keep you from the impossible. Say that with me. Distractions will keep me from the impossible. So watch this. So the devil knows that if Jesus said that by faith I will do the impossible, then of course he's going to send distractions to disrupt my faith. When my faith is disrupted, the impossible is no longer doable in my life. Amen. Now look at Luke 22, 31 and 32. We'll go to the Amplified Classic first. It says, Simon, Simon, Peter, listen. Satan has asked excessively that all of you be given up to him out of the power and keeping of God that he might sift all of you like grain. Next verse. He said, but I have prayed especially for you, Peter that your own faith may not fail. That what may not fail? Your faith. He says, And when you yourself have turned again, strengthen and establish your brethren. Now look at the Weymouth translation. It says, Simon, Simon, I tell you that Satan has obtained permission. Do you see the difference right there? Now look at this. Satan has obtained permission. To have all of you to sift you as wheat is sifted. Next verse. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail and you when at last you have come back to your true self. Somebody say, I've come back to my true self. Must strengthen your brethren. Now, I'm going to show you something here. All right, so these texts right here give us some insight. Amen? And what is that? Is that Satan... He not only, watch this, so for years we've been taught that Satan desired to sift his wheat, right? Right? But it, when you see in these two translations, especially the Weymouth translation, which is, goes right with the Greek, it says that Satan obtained access and it was granted to him. Oh, that's a different story now, isn't it? So Satan desired permission to sift not only Peter, but that word you right there is plural in the Greek, meaning all the apostles. So he desired and he was given access to disrupt every one of their faith. Mm. So my question to you is, how did he get access? We got to find that out, right? Because how many knows that Satan can't just do whatever he wants to do? I know you've been taught otherwise, but I'm telling you, he can't do whatever he wants to do. He has to have a door and access to get through. All right, so watch this. So think about it. 
How was their faith disrupted? We know that when Jesus died, they were shaken. Amen? Their faith was disrupted. They were all to pieces. They were so distracted by what was going on, they were not paying attention to the time and time again He said that after three days, come on, I will raise from the dead. Are you seeing the the pattern here? Alright, so how did Satan get access? Look at what he says right here. Look at that statement. And when you have come back to your true self. Let me say it again. I want you to catch this. And when you have come back to your true self. So how did Satan get access to sift them as wheat? Because they were not their true selves. Oh, Lord. Watch, watch, watch. All right, what's keeping you from doing the impossible? You not knowing who you are. See, that's, that's, that's why you need to praise God about the things that we're teaching here in this ministry. Because we're teaching you how to function like God has created you. Religion has taught you that you don't have any power. Whatever happens, happens. There's nothing you can do about it. Just hold on, and one day you'll get the Beulah land. But God said, I've given you power over all the works of the enemy. And nothing, what does nothing mean? Nothing shall harm you. So so watch this. They were so distracted by what was happening with Jesus, they had lost their true identity. They thought it was over. They thought it was it. Notice what Peter said right after this statement. Peter says, I'm telling you right now, Lord, I'm going to go with you all the way, even if I have to die with you. He said, Peter, you're going to get out of yourself and you're going to deny me. Come on. All right, so hold on. I'm not done now. Now watch, watch. All right, this is not the first time that it happened. The text right here, when you look at the theologians, when they study this text, they said that the way that Jesus says these phrases, it's not as if He's just speaking of future things to happen, right? He knew that Peter was going to deny Him. But He was also talking in a way that it was something that had happened already in the past. Now what might that be? I'm going to show you. Are you ready? Who's ready? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm ready, I'm ready. Go to Matthew 14, 22. We're going to read to verse 32. All right, it says, And straightway Jesus constrained His disciples to get into the ship and to go before Him unto the other side. And while He sent the multitudes away, and when He had sent the multitudes away, He went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, He was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And then the fourth watch of the night, that's around three o'clock in the morning, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw Him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them and said, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, 
He was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand. He called him and he said unto him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind stopped. What did I say? It said that Jesus was speaking in a way as if He wasn't just referring to something in Peter's future, but something that had happened in the past. What happened in the past? Watch this. Alright, so the impossible happens only by faith. Is that right? We just learned that earlier. The impossible only happens by faith. That's what allows you to operate above what a normal man can do. All right, but watch what was happening here. Faith cannot work until until fear is stopped. So what started at first? Fear. Right? The Bible says that they were afraid. All right, so watch this. They were afraid. Why? There was two different reasons that they were troubled, right? That they were afraid. Number one, Jesus was nowhere to be found. You ever feel like you're going through some things in life and you feel like God is nowhere to be found? Come on. Oh, but watch this. The text tells us that Jesus had seen them. Now, listen to me. It it don't take a whole lot to equal out this equation. It's in the middle of the night. They're out all the way in the middle of the sea. How do you think that he's seen them? Physically? Or what if he's seen them in the Spirit? Ladies and gentlemen, God knows right where you are. I don't care if the wind's blowing. I don't care if the waves are tossing you back and forth. God knows exactly where you are, and you are not alone. Turn to your neighbor, touch him real quick, and say, you're not alone. You're not alone. So they were feared, fearing one because they thought that Jesus was nowhere to be found. But watch this. Here's what you gotta, here's, the, here's what doesn't make sense. People say they were afraid because of the waves, right? They were afraid because of the waves. Let me, let me just present something to you. These guys were fishermen. Do you think they didn't know about waves? On the sea, that they fished at night. Come on. Do you think that they didn't know what it was like to have a little wave of the sea? Or having the wind, trying to fight against the wind? They, weren't, they were not afraid of the waves. So then the next question is, well, if they weren't afraid of the waves, then what were they afraid of? The Bible says that when they seen Jesus walking on the water, watch this, they began to be afraid. Now Why? Well, see, here's why you have to understand the context of the story. In that day and time in Galilee, the Sea of Galilee in that area, there was a story of a ghost fisherman. Meaning this, that if you were out on stormy waters and you were to see a ghost fisherman out there, that was one that had shipwrecked before in the sea and was coming to warn you that you were next. Now that makes sense, doesn't it? That's why, watch this, what wasn't bothering them before, distraction comes, watch this, and here's the message that Satan gets you. This is going to click, are you ready? What happened to somebody else is going to happen to you. 
That's what they were gathering. That's the message that they were getting. What happened to this fisherman, that's the legend. And they knew it. They were fishermen, so therefore they would know the story. That if you see a ghost of a fisherman out on the sea, you might as well hang it up because you are next. He was coming to warn you. And so watch this. The enemy's presenting. Guess what? What happened to somebody else is going to happen to you. Does he do that to you today? Oh, what's going on around you? It's going to come to your house. Well, hold on a minute. I read in Psalms 91 that it may be all around me, but it does not come nigh my dwelling. Somebody needs to say amen. He said they may fall by the the thousands on my right side or my left side, but it will not come nigh unto me. All right, but watch this. So Jesus gives a word. He says, don't be afraid. It's just a distraction. Don't be afraid. It's me. Watch this. One word from God can remove every distraction. Right when Jesus said that, fear left. That quick. When Jesus gave the word, when you hear a word from God, it can remove fear just like that. And so watch this. So when He says who He is, right? Peter does this. He says, Lord, if it is you, really you, let me come out to where you are. And what did Jesus say? You can't do what I do. Sorry. Don't you know what religion teaches you? That you can't do what Jesus did. Well, what about the scripture where it says, the works that I do, you shall do also and greater. Ah, that just means, you know, loving people and all that. God has called you to the impossible also. All right, so watch this. Here's what I want to show you, though. So distraction had left. Peter's getting out on the water, right? He's walking on the water. But here's what I want to get to you today. Watch this. Just because distractions have left do not mean that they will not try to come back. As a matter of fact, let me go ahead and tell you, they will most certainly try to come back. So don't quit here. Let me tell you something what God told me before, and it's really going to help you. He said, when times are good, He said, you go even harder. Oh, we've been taught the opposite, right? Once the battle's over, the storm is no longer raging, it's time to kick back, you know, in the lazy boy and just have at it. No, God says, when you see the enemy retreating, when you see him backing up, you go even harder. In other words, you always keep the enemy on his toes. He don't know what to do with you. Come on. Look at Matthew 14. <clears throat> excuse me. Matthew 14, 29, 31. The amplified version. Let's look at the amplified version. So Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Next verse. But when he saw the effects of the wind. I want you to see these different translations of how they're saying what happened, what took place. He says, when he seen the effects of the wind, he was afraid. He was frightened. And he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Next verse. And immediately Jesus extended his hand and called him, saying unto him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now look at the Weymouth translation. Jesus said, come. Peter climbed out of the boat and walked upon the water to go to him. 
praise God. As I said at the beginning of this program, you were designed to do the impossible. That's how God created you. And you're reborn again, regenerated spirit. You are created to do and function as God has created you to do and as He does Himself. But so many times we let distractions get in the way. Now look at Peter. We talked about Peter tonight. Peter allowed the distractions that what was once possible became never possible. He was walking on the water. He was going towards Jesus. But as soon as he was distracted by the wind and the waves and how, how he felt those things, he began to be distracted and what was in what was possible, what was mind-blowing, suddenly became impossible. I wonder if the same thing is happening in your life, that the enemy has got you so distracted, so caught up in this and that and whatever's going on in your life, that he is keeping you from doing the impossible. Some of you are watching this tonight and you're saying, I am in, I'm smack dab in the middle of an impossible situation. Okay, I understand that. But did you know that you were created to do the impossible? So my question to you is, what is the enemy using to distract you from turning that situation around? I want to pray for you right now. That as we've learned at the very beginning of this, this teaching of distractions, that you will learn and perceive everything that is causing distractions that's trying to keep you off the focus that you need to keep so that you can remove them so that you can function as God created you to function. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for those that's watching tonight. Lord, help them pinpoint distractions in their life. Help them to remove these things. And Father, help them come into their true self, what you have created them to do. And we know that this is only as they get into the Word of God. Father, I thank you, Lord, for a hunger and a desire that you place in them for your Word and to know of you and to learn of who they are in you. We thank you, Lord, for their identities being renewed right now of who they are in Christ. And I give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen and amen. I want to take this time to thank our faith partners for your continued giving and support of this ministry. As I say each and every week, you help us do this every single week. Bring the gospel, bring the good news, and it is by your financial giving and also your prayers. So we want to take this time to tell you thank you. And if you've been watching this for quite some time and you've not partnered with this ministry yet, why don't you pray about pray, uh, doing so and becoming a faith partner? Because as we go, you go. That's the power of partnership. So until then, keep walking by faith. I will see you here next week. Be blessed. If you would like to become a faith partner, please contact us at P.O. Box 264, Tazewell, Virginia 24651. You may also reach us at 276-971-2333. You may also... Request information at AccelerateFaith.org. Our email for faith partners are faithpartner at AccelerateFaith.org as well.
command the lame to walk. We command it in the name of Jesus. The devil is a liar. 